Yo, 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 what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Fruit of the Boom Podcast. This is your host and your homeboy, JBJR, in the building. Uh, just, you know, getting back in the, the podcast, you know, being busy the last few days, you know, been on my uh, work from home stuff and also going to the office, you know, all my essential work and stuff. So, as every uh, every time, you know, shout out to all the essential workers out there. You know, what, no matter what industry you're in, you know, shout out to y'all. y'all you guys are amazing and important. And, you know, we couldn't do a lot of this stuff in America without you. So shout out to y'all for real, man. Just want to get that off. Uh, please make sure y'all go ahead and support these people and, you know, be patient with them. Just have, you know, the decency, respect for what they're doing. They're definitely doing their best out here. So just keep that in mind. Just want to make that a message going forward for anyone out there that's essential worker. Trust me, I definitely appreciate you. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people appreciate you all out there for doing the amazing work you do, especially in the medical industry. You know, all the nurses and doctors, we salute y'all for real, for real. Um, but just to go ahead and get everything cracking with the show, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and introduce my guest. Right now, we got a guest straight from the loose, straight from the hometown. Uh, right now, he uh, actually has been a competitor quite a few times in uh, Fresh Produce. You know what I'm saying? Like my man, you know, he was a newer competitor back in the day. Uh, it's been about, you know, around a year, like around a year or somewhere close to it, somewhere in that time frame since I seen him compete. But now, nah, my man. He definitely dope. He always shows out. He always does great competition. And I know he gets a lot of competitors and a lot of uh, praise. And I definitely want to see him compete more. So we're going to go ahead and welcome my man to the Mike K. Cutter. What's happening with you, bro? Yo, what it do? How's it going? Man, you got it, bro, man. Just like I said, man, just quarantining it up, man, doing this. Uh, <laughs> just yeah. uh, staying busy, bro. You know what I'm saying? Trying to know, trying to maintain and survive, man. That's that's what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, I, I, I've been saying this a lot. Like, I feel like the quarantine is a blessing and a curse. Like, I believe, like, everything has, like, you know, a duality to it. So I think, obviously, there's a lot of bad stuff going on with it. But this is an opportunity. Like, if you got talent, if you got skills, this is the time to harness that shit, so. No shit. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, definitely. You know, definitely, you know, I know, you know, this kind of thing dealing with the quarantine and COVID-19 began a lot of people down and kind of, the, you know, depressed, you know, especially because, unfortunately, the amount of death that's been going on, which, valid reasons, is understandable, especially, like I said, if you're in the medical industry, you've been seeing a lot of that. It's, I know it can be hard, and I know especially, you know, because of the financial struggle, because technically this would be, what, the second recession in my lifetime, mm-hmm. I believe we lived through. So, you know, so I know a lot of people out there, you know, some small businesses, so a lot of service industry jobs, they've been, you know, furloughed. It's just not making money at all. So, you know, so for people out there that's, you know, trying to survive and hang in there like us, man, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a blessing. But I would say the more it's, it can be a curse for you if you ain't making no money out there, but it's a blessing if you can find some way to try to make a positive about the situation and like you saying kind of you know be productive be creative and trying to find some kind of an outlet if possible to try to you know get away from all the negativity that's happening out there you know what i'm saying yeah no definitely not and you you hit the nose like right there i've been like ever since this has been happening like one thing i've been saying is like all right i'm gonna make money like my day job is I work at a, a recreational center, like a gym. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they were, def- they were like one of the first people to close. So I'm like, you know, I'm coming back home. I go to school in Kansas City. I come back home mm-hmm. and I drive past my job and I'll see they ain't closed. I'm like, oh, shit. 
Oh man, dog. So yeah, so real quick before we even get into the beast, man. So since you're in the industry, like how's that working right now? Since you know, for for those who don't know already, we're in Missouri. We stay in St. Louis, Missouri. And Missouri's supposed to be opening back up this coming Monday, the eighteenth. So just to kind of let y'all know kind of where we at. So May eighteenth, just whoever's listening. <laughs> but uh right. so make so yeah, so just real briefly, man, kind of explain, like, how had, so how you guys going to be kind of, since you're in that industry, how's that working? You know, how's that, you know, how's it going to go for you when the state open back up? Are you guys going to, like, do a lot of stuff, like, open back up the gym, have set hours, or do you have any of that information, like, right now? Um, see, I don't know what's really going on with the gym, like, my day job and stuff. I can say, music-wise, I feel like, for the most part, like, if you've been creating music, I feel like that really hasn't stopped much. Mm. Maybe I feel like uh, when it comes to like those events and things like that. Now, I also play piano. I play keys a lot. And so I do a lot of gigs. And um, yeah, like ever when the when the quarantine happened, then it was a huge blow to musicians because it's like going to play. You know, you have uh you know, we play at bars, we play at events and shows and, you know, nobody's trying to, you know, be in a, you know, event where it's like 10, 50 people in there and you don't know where they've been. Like, that's like exposure right there. I feel like even when it does open back up, it's still going to be hard at first for uh, musicians to find work just because, you know, I feel like events going to be kind of reluctant uh, in the beginning. Mm hmm. Now that's that's real, man. That's that's hella real, bro. Um, you know, and actually speaking, that's the perfect segue because you was talking about like you playing the keys, you being a musician. So, take us back, man. You know, because that's one of the first things I was asked people when I down on the show is is how did you get into music and music production? Well, for you, I guess it'd be music because you you know started you know you play keys and stuff. So, how did you yeah. get into music and how did that translate to music production or was it vice versa? Or just kind of take us back and tell us how you got in. Uh, it was it was crazy. I'm gonna be honest with you, like in the beginning, like when I first started doing music, I really wasn't that into it. Like I took piano lessons starting from the age of seven, you know? Mm -hmm. So you, know, you just imagine like you trying to get a seven year old, trying to practice, sit at the piano, like, okay, you gotta play these boring scales. Like, you know, nobody was really trying to do that. You know, mm -hmm. um, I was actually more into science, which is crazy. And it manifests like later on into the music that I've been producing. Um, but yeah, when I started off uh, for years, I was really not digging playing the piano, but I was kind of, you know, just sticking with it because it was my parents really driving me to stick with it. Uh, uh, when I got to middle school, um, I began to realize that I had an ear for music. So it wasn't just me being able to play, but I would hear stuff on the radio. I remember the first song that I learned by ear was Moment for Life by Nicki Minaj. It's crazy that I remember that, but I was practicing some random song that I was being assigned and I was uh, playing one part of it. And I was like, you know what? This sounds like that one song by Nicki. And I learned that whole song. I wasn't even listening to the song at the time. I just uh, played it all by memory and by ear. And so I went to school. I was in marching band uh, playing saxophone. And after I would go to the piano, one day I just played that on the keys. This girl came over and was like, hey, play that again. 
<laughs> and so I just started playing it. And then, you know, people came over there and was like, wow, that's crazy. Like, you really playing that song. And we know that song, like we hear it on the radio. And so that kind of led me down the path to playing keys. Now, when I was, um, I learned saxophone in fifth grade. Right. So I went down, uh, I started, uh, I naturally kind of was good at sex. So I was enjoying that a lot more. That's uh, what brought me into the marching band. And when I was a marching band, I, when I first started playing, I realized that I couldn't play all the parts at once. So my dad got me a recorder and I would play part A. I think it was Vera Jacques or something like that. One of them basic songs. Mm. Play, play part A, you know, do, 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 do. Um, I recorded uh, on the recorder, plug it into the computer, and I play it through the speakers while I hit the recorder again, and then I play part two. And so that's like my first instance, the multi-track recording, you know? So I didn't even know I was doing at the time either. So mm. that all kind of just evolved into what it is now, you know? That's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. And uh, so, since you kind of get uh, led into the uh, music production side, like, what are you using, like, so uh, software and hardware wise, as of right now? Hmm. Glad you asked. I've been um, I've been transitioning a lot lately, but FL Studios always remain constant for me. Fruity okay. Loop, gang, all day. I'm yes, not gonna hold you. Yeah, yeah. You already know. I'm not gonna hold you though. Like for a long time, I was using cracked version but um hey bro look i'm gonna tell you right now who hasn't done it <laughs> at this point who I, honestly me at this point and no shout out to image line i'm letting y'all know image line right now that i got fruit loose 20 official fully loaded all of that so i've been yes, had that for a minute but you know of course back in the day when you learning who didn't have the? i mean at one point who exactly. didn't have the crack version who, who did man that was a real struggle. If you were an FL producer, like before you even got the crack file, just having to make the whole beat and finish it on the demo, because you know you can't get back in that much. Man. <laughs> like, oh, Lord. That shit is crazy, man. I was working with FL11 at the time, too. Woo. FL, to me, FL11 is one of the best. That's definitely one of the best versions to me. Like, I okay, still okay. got computer to this day. But I will say, like, yeah, those days was the craziest. Like, you had to, you, man, if you ain't finished that beat in that one session, like, you better keep that session open because you're not getting back in there. <laughs> but yeah, man. Hey, but I, hey, but I can't, you know what? I, I, ever since that stimulus check came, you know, uh, my school actually didn't get the stimulus check, but the school that I go to gave me a refund check. I bought the full version of FL, so shouts out to buying Image Line. You know what I'm saying? You can't be using crack files forever. So. <laughs> that's what's up, man. Hey, you know, yeah, use that refund spending wise. Hey, invest, hey, invest in your craft, bro. That's 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 kind of like one of the key things. You gotta invest in your craft. You know what I mean? Nah, that is. That's exactly what it is for me. But um, but yeah, man. So I use FL a lot. Um, actually been getting a lot of um, analog uh, machines as well. So right now, uh, well, I already had a keyboard. The keyboard I use is the uh, Korg Stage Finish 1. 
Right. It's a lovely road sound. It has a real tube in the actual keyboard. Um, so for the amp kind of amplification kind of thing, uh, it sounds amazing. I have a micro chord synthesizer with a vocoder attached to it. Um, I have the SP404 OG and SX. So, um, you know, I'll get down with that. And I'm literally running everything through each other. You know what I'm saying? I got FL, I'm running it out um, into the SP. I got my piano, I got the MIDI piano going into um, into my interface. And then, um, yeah, everything is kind of going around in a loop more or less. I got another laptop over here that I use. So when I'm uh, doing effects, and I just want that uh, compression from the uh, SP. I just go out from there and I just run that into a whole other interface and then record it on another computer. Nice, nice. Yeah. Man. Well, dude, hey, man, like, well, so far, man, I mean, from what I'm hearing so far, just like with the piece I've heard, like I say, you know, even now segued into like your actual music and fresh produce and stuff like that. You know, when you were starting yeah. to compete, I'm like, oh, damn, what did I say? Damn, say, say, young nigga got it. Like, I, 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 I like him. I like him. And then I saw, and then I know, you know, big homie trifecta know you. So the homie trifecta know you. And I was like, no, he helped. I know I saw you um, interact with him. I was like, okay. Nine times out of ten, he probably may have told him or he may have saw something like this. So I'm like, okay. If you know him, he must be good in some capacity. Like, okay. So, yeah, man. So, so, yeah, so, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Like, it's crazy. I was hip to Trifecta for years, man. He was on, he'd been in the SEO game for so long. Like, um, I want to say, because um, he was doing stuff with MC King, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think he did a, yeah, uh, he he did a he did some tracks for MC Keem, and I was I was rocking with that like that was that was so influential to me. Like when I heard them tracks, and it was like, oh uh, man, I wish I could tell you what the uh, record was, but it, it's going like kicks be the coolest, you know, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that joint right there, man. That sample is going crazy to me and I just I just felt like you know the production on that was crazy man like that sample alone just that trumpet and that old school vibe just really got me into like that scene like it really just got me uh, listening to him and then I checked out some of his other stuff that he was doing that kind of led me down a rabbit hole I found um, I found quite a couple of uh, artists through him uh, Tefpo being one of them, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, he did so. He's done so much for the St. Louis music scene that I feel like people kind of don't even realize sometimes. But no, absolutely, man. Now shout out to him, man, and shout out to all the fellas he worked with, man. Like all everyone in the STM music scene, for real, for real, man. It's not he. He definitely been out here. I mean, he was my introduction to the music scene, like over 10 years, like 10, 11 years ago, man, when I was like in my early 20s. So I was like, you know, he, you know, I met him through my old next door neighbor because he made some beats and produced for him. And he brought me into the scene. I, I knew he competed one time in a beat battle. So when it goes to all beat battle, that's how I ended up meeting DJ Who. 
pool. I end up meeting everyone else just over time because I started competing. You know what I'm saying? So it sounds yeah. like you kind. Of, so it sounds like you kind of like the same thing, man. So I mean, I, I ain't mad at that, man. So shout out to the big homie, man. You know, for inspiring niggas out here for real. That's that's it's always beautiful. I'm hearing like one of the big bros out here doing his thing, man. You know, inspiring the youth, man. That's dope. Like for real, for real. that's hell dope. Though. Real man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that I'm even on his radar, honestly. Cause I just be like, what, little me? <laughs> I just be, I just like, I, I've been in my room for years, like just working on my craft. And then I just got on the scene, like actively, um, I want to say maybe a year and a half ago, maybe almost two years by now. Uh-huh. And so in that, t- so that time frame, would, uh, were you uh were produced for people or did you get in fresh produce first and still go that way? Like how did you get your introduction to see like in that regard? Um my first introduction to the scene, hmm, let me think about that. Cause I it started off like I I really um I won't say it was the St. Louis music scene that I really got into at first. It was more of like um, like the creators, like the poems, the poetry, and um, okay. the poets. Like I went to my first time going to Herb Arts. Shout out to Herb Arts. Um, you know what I'm saying? I went down there, and it was like a whole new world for me. It reminded me. It, it reminded me of um, of that one movie, uh, Poetic Justice. Okay, it was like that kind of vibe you know, from a nostalgic point of view. And I was like, man, I've never seen this in person, but it was so much more hip. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, poetic uh, justice is like, it's kind of like, some people I feel like kind of think it's cliche or like, you know, you know, so many people reference that or try to copy that vibe. But this vibe was like real authentic. You know what I'm saying? So when I went down there, the people were real, the music that I was hearing, the artistry that I was hearing, it was it was just crazy. And so I made contact there. I've been uh, fortunate enough to develop my networking skills. So when I go to someplace new, I, I'm you know I'm trying to see who's who. I'm really observing them first, but um, you know I just kind of start talking to one person and get that contact, and I just try to stay in touch with them. Um, that kind of puts me in a loop because then I start seeing the places that the events that they go to and I'm like alright I'm going to check this out and I'm going to check this out like, whatever they repost you know I got my eyes on it it's like on my radar so it's like okay I see this is going on this is going on that's going on um, then when I found uh, Fresh Produce it was um, that was like another explosion you know what I'm saying I found them through Instagram um, I don't even know. I don't know if it was through an advertisement or like somebody reposted it. I went on there. I saw what they was doing. and said, hey, "Oh, a beat battle, man! I see beat battles all the time on YouTube. I didn't know they was doing that in St. Louis. Let me go ahead and sign up. Signed up. Didn't think much about it. You know, a little bit later, get an email from, get a text from. Them. I'm like, oh shoot, oh shit, they doing this for real? <laughs> I bet that. So. Um, my first battle came um, came to me as a surprise because at the time I was just like, all right, I'm gonna sign up, and then I was uh, I kind of just went back, you know, doing my schoolwork, whatever. I kind of kind of like uh, 
forgot about it more or less. But then I started seeing the emails. I'm like, okay, this is real. So, you know, we get the stuff together. I think this was during the summer of 2018, maybe, or 2019. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I just, that's, that's pretty much how I got into it. You know, after that first one, I was like, yeah, I'll be back for sure. Um, and I still will be back. I definitely will. I just been evolving my sound, really. So the stuff that you're going to hear me play at the next B battle is not going to be anything probably like <laughs> when um, I played in the past. So. Hell yeah, evolving, man. You're supposed to, bro. Like, you no, know, go back to the drawing board and evolve, man. Like, that's that's literally, you know what? And that's something I love hearing. Like, to be honest with you, bro, like the fact that he was like, hey, let me go back to the drawing board for a second. Let me go ahead and improve my sound. So that way, when I, like you just said, like when you decide to compete, I got a whole new arsenal shit for niggas that they not gonna expect something. And then I'll be able to go ahead and knock niggas out the water and be able to be in the top spot at the champ spot. You know what I'm saying? You know, and then really get my name and shit known out there, which that's beautiful. And that's like really one of the main things I think I've always tried to tell people all the time in Fresh Produce is that. If you don't win some stuff, cool. If you win some stuff, cool. Did you improve? Did you learn something? That's right. the whole point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that exposure, what you gain from it, that experience itself is just like it's it's so like this. You can't get that nowhere else. You know, the only way you can get that is through being active. Like you, you do the you do the beat battle. Like people gonna hear you regardless whether you win or you don't win. So that's why I was like, man, I'm not finna be like, okay, which beat is gonna give you the win? Cause I'm like, you know, whether I win or lose, if I'm playing like strategic, like you wanna play strategically beats that, you know, you feel is gonna give you like a, a better chance of winning. But you also wanna play something that you want the people to hear. Like, I'm not gonna play something that's not gonna represent myself in the best, in the light that I want to be represented. You know, so I, I put that into consideration definitely when I'm making my selections for uh, the beats. Um, but yeah, cause people like, that's what I really want. And as far as my music in general, I want people to kind of hear my story and hear what my influences are so that they can really connect to that. That's real. You know? Yeah. No, no, that's real, man. No, that's that's real shit. And uh, I'm glad you have that mindset and you that's the exact way you, I, I really believe that's definitely one of the ways anyone come into a situation like this as a creative, especially musically as a music producer or beat maker, however you want to be classified. You know, mm -hmm. if, you, if you're looking at it as, especially fresh producer, because I tell people this all the time, yeah, you won. Cool. You want some money? You want some studio time? Right. Great. You want some bargain rights? Cool. But at the same time, you know, it's niggas I know they're lost and is making money now, you know, in different mm -hmm. states or some shit like that because they made the right connections and the right network. They got, the put, they got put on, man. They, um... What's the what's the girl from American Idol that didn't win went on win Grammys and shit? Oh, Jennifer what? Hudson. Jennifer Hudson, bro. Like that's what you got to do. You got to pull them kind of moves. Like you already at the place that you need to be to make those connections. 
you don't need a win to make those connections necessarily. Sure, mm-hmm. you know, you want to, like, obviously, it would be nice if you win, but it's not necessary um, when it comes to, you know, that actually getting recognition because, you know, Fresh Produce to me does such a good job of making sure everybody gets that recognition regardless of what place they come in or, uh, you know, what round they uh, play in their beats it. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I got mad respect for that. Cause you know, people, you know, it's easy to give props to the winner, but man, sometimes people want the underground stuff, man. And sometimes it'd be the stuff that, you know, don't make it all the way that, you know, it might just be that one beat, but you dive into that man's uh, discography, so you find some crazy shit. That's real. No, that's that's hella real, man. One, you know, definitely appreciate the compliment, man. You know, that's one of the things, you know, me and the crew of Fresh Produce, man, we, we definitely do try to make that point known for uh, music producers. You know what I'm saying? It's just trying mm-hmm. to let you know, just, you know, because at the end of the day, that's, you know, we are here to do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's yeah. kind of the main thing I that we try to, uh, one of the main things we try to make known is we're all here literally to do the same thing. We just have an event to showcase what we're doing, but we're all here, you know, as producers, as DJs, as engineers, because that's a, that's the core three uh, roles that really run for its produce. To be honest, is us three, and so you know, when all three of those, the DJ, engineer, producer, come together, and this is what we can make, and we can also get like-minded people here. Then you seeing like, oh. And you can see spectators like, oh, we want to hear beats. I'm like, y'all don't want to hear rapping? Like, right. I just want to hear just the beats. Okay. And then when you realize it's truly an audience for that, and you realize, I mean, and you realize the mindset goes, well, niggas dance the beats all the time. I mean, unfortunately, it's a lot of trash lyrics with fire-ass beats out there. So it's like, <laughs> and niggas dance to the beats way more than they just listen to the lyrics. That's how trash songs get known, unfortunately. I'm like, because the beat go yeah. hard. So I was like, why not honor the people that make the beat go hard? And then at the same time, man, like I said, if you lose the first fucking round, did you make an impression in the first fucking round? Did that's you know, what I'm saying, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> that's, I mean, because I, I have to tell people that, like, because I have people that come to me afterwards, you know, as the main judge, you know, I do have to make those tough calls and tough decisions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even where, you know, someone, even with you or whoever you compete against, whether you win or whether you lose, I have to, you know, make that decision. And because I was on that receiving end at one point, and I wanted someone to just give me good constructive criticism, so I do the same thing. So mm-hmm. one thing, and one thing I always tell people, and and I'm glad you're, you know, you definitely starting, you definitely doing this too, is if we give you 60 seconds to showcase yourself, use that whole 60 to your advantage. Because the whole point is make yourself known. Make yourself, like, do what you got to do in that 60 seconds. That is like a 60 second commercial for you. Mm-hmm. Like, if yeah. you really kind of look at it low key, when you get on that stage, whether it's in person or you get on, you know, or if you get on the screen, on the Zoom meeting, online, through our Fresh Produce online, you know, on Facebook Live, you know, we give you just 60 to 90 seconds, depending on what round you make it to, you know, mm-hmm. to do that, to basically, hey, this is you, this is you, this is you that everyone is hearing right now. So, 
it's going to be artists. It's going to be, you know, uh, other engineers and shit like that. It's going to be other DJs. It's going to be other producers. It's going to be hella people in there that's going to be like, you know, going to want to know what the fuck is this nigga on? And then if you mm-hmm. make a showing and you make something that's going to stand out, even if you lose, if you make something that stands out, you, you are going to get recognition far greater than just the one month you just got for winning. You see what I'm saying? It's all about making that impression. It's all about if you lose, going back to the drawing board and trying against. It's all about that steel, sharpening steel shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I t- and I'm telling yeah. you that, I'm telling you the same thing. Like, you know, it's, it's anything. Like, I had to learn. You know what I'm saying? Trifecta had to learn. You know, hella niggas that's in the scene had to learn that's, you know, being competing before, like, two on the track and um, when Matt used to compete back, when Matt Sawicki used to compete back in the day and uh, all those type of people, you know, we all had to learn the same thing, which is, you know, you know, if you lose, go back to the drawing board, try again. I mean, because I mean, you have nothing to lose in every, you pretty much have nothing to lose in a situation if you you competing for free, so you lose right. nothing in the situation. But then if you win, you have everything to gain. You got notoriety for about at least a month or a week online, or you know. Yeah. You got the money, you got the free steal time, but yeah, but make the most out of it. And some people yeah. don't. And it's like, you know, and we have our fair share of people that I'm pretty sure have bad mouthers or something like that said we done things or like it is what it is because it's like, well, I mean, obviously we thrive and obviously we haven't done anything wrong, but give you a chance to shine. So so if you're and not taking, you're taking the opportunity, oh well. I mean, that's all I can say. Right, and they didn't capitalize on it too. Like, you know, um, you play a beat, like you could premiere a beat really at first produce. Then after you play it, you know, people gonna be like, hey, that beat was tough. You know what I'm saying? People gonna probably follow you, whatever. Then you go like, boom, a couple of days later, you drop that beat on SoundCloud. Like that's, that's like you, you, um, you know what I'm saying? It's like you attracting like a newer audience because they've already heard that song. They've heard that in the midst of the battle. So when they go on your page, they hear that song or like they see in a couple of days, you release that song a little bit later after you premiere it. They already gonna rock with it because it's like, oh yeah, this is that same track you played then. And this is what mm-hmm. put me on to them. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's like a tactic that, I'm a, uh, that I've been kind of trying to uh, incorporate too. Um, I'm just at this point. At this point, I'm at the point where like I'm just trying to, like I've been experimenting so much, and I'm I've nailed it down to like a sound that I'm really happy about at the moment. You know, I've been uh, listening to a lot of knowledge. You know what I'm saying? A lot of uh, like Kitranata. That's what's uh, up. That's what's up. Just like, just like, I've been also listening to like jazz, man, and like. You listen to what these jazz cats is doing, they're doing some crazy shit. Like it, it's it's really it's really funny how how much influence of um like the old school music or like uh music that's not as popular anymore. You see so much of the influence in today's music. Mm-hmm. Like I I'll be listening, like my favorite artist of all time, my favorite pianist, uh, is Herbie Hancock. Nice. Yeah, just like his voicings, his chords, and um, like depending on the album that you go to, like you will find some like straight up sample gold. Oh I, yeah, I, it, it's so crazy. 
and they all it's, it's more than just him like you you dive deep into the 70s jazz scene like you'll find some crazy shit <laughs> like for real bro i mean jazz i mean jazz is like foundation for hip-hop man to be totally honest you know what i'm saying jazz yep. is soul is funk is you know all of that shit is true foundation so like everyone that you everything that you saying is 100% true you know what I'm saying and a lot yeah. of people you know I think because of sampling and shit like that you know they have a more appreciation for jazz especially if you like fans of like niggas like Jay Dilla and Knife Wonder yeah. and shit like that you know you right you know since they use a lot of jazz and that shit and a lot of soul music and a lot of funk samples and shit like that flip them a whole lot man you know they flip them to such a high level degree either on a complex level or a simple level you know they just like you know it catches that ear and people be like damn where the fuck you get that from and then they go back and research myself included going back and research and look like yo this is what Dilla did. This is what Knight did. This is what Mad Lib did. This is what uh, right. Alchemist did. You know, you know, it's like, damn, it's like, this is what Pete Rock did. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these niggas wanted to be Pete Rock. So you just like, what's with Kanye? Kanye West too. He's like, you know, all these niggas, mm-hmm. like, damn. So you already know, all these dope ass jazz samples because jazz is so underrated. And I really truly think it's, I always say it's like top three most under underappreciated pieces of music out there like you can learn so much from like jazz gospel music and classical like if you listen to them if you listen like those three in particular like you will learn so much about music it's it's ridiculous on for for and for anything you need to do especially for beat especially for making beats like it's especially especially jazz because like you said Jazz is so vast and you no, know, so vast and so you know eclectic and so so many different jazz musicians and not even just in America. You got think yeah. down in South America, down over in you know over in Japan. Yeah, got a jazz scene over Korea. Got a jazz scene over in like French, but over in France got a jazz scene. You no, know, Italy got one. You know what I'm saying? It's it's so many. Just I'm just naming shit off the top of my head. You know you yeah. got you know. You got Afrobeat, which is a whole movement, jazz movement, birthed in Africa. You know what I'm saying? Like you got Afrobeat, that's part of it. You know, so it's so much are you, shit. Are you hip to um, like, man? There's um, so yeah, just like you were saying, like there, uh, jazz has like hella genres, and I'm gonna for those I don't like for whoever's listening. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, for those who might not be knowledgeable about like the certain subgenres of jazz. I'm gonna put y'all on game because this is a genre, a subgenre of jazz people don't talk about, but I'm starting to see it become more and more popular. And that's like uh, the avant-garde, like free jazz. And when I say that, that's like you're looking at the time frame from like the 1960s, right? It starts from like the 60s to about maybe 67 or 68, and it's a time that. Considering the time, you know, that's the civil rights movement going on, um, if I'm not mistaken, like maybe the Vietnam War going on. Mm, um, you're right, you're right. Women, women's rights movement. This is a time, this is a decade in America where literally so many things are changing. It's a time of progression and the music reflects that. You know what I'm saying? You have people like Sun Ra, for example, mm-hmm. who, um, you know, he... He's like one of 
to me, like one of the biggest influencers of Afrofuturism that yes, we he see. Is. Shit, he is Afrofuturism, pretty much. Honestly. <laughs> And like he he pushed that genre like so much like people might have not been as aware of him back then, but like you see Solange you listen to Solange's new album like I heard like from what I heard I, I know a lot of people that actually kind of didn't rock with it like that I personally loved it because I'm hearing these references then I watch the visuals and. This is like a reflection of Sunra. This is a reflection of like Ornette Coleman style stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. and these are like names. I'm name dropping them. You know, hopefully like some producers will like take these names like and go home and like check these people out. It's really avant-garde, it's really abstract, but that's part of what makes it like the art. Um, and that's like the beauty of that music. You know, it's not music necessarily for one's, um, like entertainment or enjoyment is more for a mood and when you look at uh the music based on that like you look at lo-fi music you look at beat music you know what i'm saying you know a lot of these beats and stuff you know they don't have rappers on there sometimes the beat's not even designed for a rapper to be on you know mm -hmm. sometimes the beat is designed for you to listen to for the vibe of the beat for the for how that beat makes you feel you know, when I listen to Logic's music, I mean, I'm sorry, not Logic. When I listen to Knowledge's music, uh, um, I'm listening and I'm feeling a certain way. You know, his music gives you a certain vibe. It gives you like this kind of like nostalgic, warm uh, kind of feeling. Like when I'm listening to his music, I'm, I'm feeling like colors, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm feeling like warm browns and like, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of like purplish kind of yellow colors it's like really uh like really warm kind of vibes like family vibes and it's like a really familiar sound now that's not to say like all music that is of that genre you know is it is uh, designed for that intended purpose but you draw those parallels they're so similar so that's why i say like you know, check out those artists. Check out, uh, check out the young Miles Davis, like in the fifties. Then check out Miles Davis, like Bitches Brew. You know what I'm saying? That recording. Check out his recordings after that. You know, there's some crazy stuff that those artists are doing, and people don't realize artists today are doing the same thing. History repeats itself, bro. That's how it work. That's how I go, man. History just repeats itself and evolve. Like that's. Everything you're saying, though, like, really take heed of what K-Cut is saying because he really is on point with what he's talking about with that, you know, with Afrofuturism and, you know, just the influence, like, of, like, Miles Davis and just the influence of just that whole decade in the 60s and in the 70s, too, because you got to remember in the 70s, you know, like, like, the tail end of the 60s leading to, like, the mid-70s, that was the whole Black Power movement. And so yeah. you had that whole scenario. And so you had a lot of that. So you had... Stuff leading into you know, you know that's when my you no know, we were miles really got down on a lot of stuff. You know you got cold train that was coming through a whole lot. You had you know then you yeah. got some soul and funk era. James Brown that's that was his era. You know what I'm saying? That that was his shit. You know? For real though, so, like his drummer is like his drummer literally. They say that um one of his drummers was like the inventor of like that drunken swing beat that everybody like loves to use now. 
Oh, you uh-huh. talking about class? Oh, class double fill. You talking about the funky drum? You, class double fill, uh, funky drummer. That's the. I think that is one of the most. His and the Winston brothers. I think they got like tied. Like they up there as far as like the most used drum break of all time. Yeah. Like hand, like hands down, like hands down. Yeah. No, that's real. Like. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like James Brown, man. <laughs> James Brown. That's all I can say. What a legend. So without, a- James, without James Brown, you would not have. We wouldn't have MJ from one for James Brown. That's all I'm gonna say right really? there. I'm gonna say That's facts. I'm gonna <laughs> look James Brown today, man. I'm about to muckle up something. That man. That's that's undefeated too, man. Like I don't I don't know like. Your listeners engage in uh, medication of cannabis, but it can do some crazy things with your ear in terms of like how you hear the music. Like you hear things in like a totally different light sometimes. So, literally sparks up creativity. You know what I'm saying? No, for real. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be saying this too, like, um, because I believe I, I feel like. You know, cannabis is going to be legal in the next five years just because, you know, I'm looking at the states now. They're making it like more and more states are making it legal every year. These states aren't just going to turn around in five years and then make it illegal again. The country is obviously moving towards making it legal. So I say, like, get on the cutting edge of that shit, man. Like, start researching. Like, if you can, like, open up a dispensary when it when it becomes legal in your state. Like, take advantage of that. That's opportunity. Hell yeah. I mean, I went to, I mean, when I, uh, just to briefly say, man, when I went to Vegas uh, twice last year, uh, it was it was my first time ever going to Vegas. Like, it was 2019, bro. Um, went one year, went summer for a gaming convention, Evo, for anyone who knows that I am a gamer, just, I, I, I love fighting games. And then, uh, in the things around Thanksgiving, I went with my wife just, you know, just to get away, just have a little Thanksgiving holiday away and stuff like that. And uh, I'll tell you this, man, you know, learning what I learned in Vegas after uh, legalization happened over there, and I realized how much money, like, it generated for like the state alone. I mean, because I heard about what Colorado did a long time ago, how the state had its own stimulus because the state got paid off at one point, and. Uh, <laughs> And so when I went to Nevada, and so I was like, like, damn, what how is Nevada? So I'm thinking, like, you know, of course, you know, Nevada has gambling literally everywhere. Of course, it's prostitution, and of course, it's marijuana now. And marijuana, well, I found out how much they pay for schools, bro. Oh. Yeah, man. I know. So, uh, yeah, University of Washington, they got courses about um, growing cannabis. It's crazy. Like, people are really on the cutting edge of it. That's why I say, like, do your thing. Buy you some land if you need to. Like, get that license. You know? That's that's the wave, honestly. And then, on top of that, like, that, like, let that fund, like, let let things, like, try to make passive income so that you don't have to work. You can focus on your music, you know, 24-7. Like, that's what I've been doing this whole break. You know, I haven't been worrying about um, necessarily trying to, you know, find a job and miss all of this because I've been uh, trading, like, stocks 
and that's mm. been keeping, that's been keeping me like with a good a little a good little bit amount of money. So now it's like I can make music. I don't have to worry about you know how much money I'm necessarily making now. Obviously, I want to continue to work and build towards creating a um, substantial income off of my music. Mm-hmm. But being able to lean back on funds now while you don't have that um, like income coming in, that's like so important because I've seen so many people like just have to sacrifice a dream and just like just got to work all the time. It's like now you don't have time to focus on your craft. And it's like you focusing on life to the because you got to survive. Mm-hmm. No, that's real. That's real. Like that's hella real, bro. Like, you know, like, hey, if anyone listening, hey, if you need some education on some, uh, how to trade, I'm pretty sure K Killer don't mind trying to help some, uh, Hit me up, man. get their stuff out. You know what I'm saying? Like, help, help, Yo, help. we can, <laughs> I can get you to make some money. And it's not that Forex. I swear, I promise you, it is not Forex. This is no pyramid scheme, none of that, because I don't condone it. Forex, maybe it's cool, but some people be trying to dupe you with it. But you learn how to, I swear, like, I feel like every person, especially black people, man, we need to start getting into these stocks because this is easy money. This is honestly easy money. That's real shit, man. So, hey, everybody out there, hey, man, take it, take heed of what he's saying, man. Hey, it's more than one way to skin the cat to get this money out here, bro. And that's real shit. Like, this is money. So much money, but hey, bro, we about to go ahead and uh shut it down in a second, man. But you know, so but this interview being fucking great, man. You know, definitely <laughs> talking to you and just you know learn about you and you know just just learn about you for just period, man. It's just been an experience, man. And I truly appreciate it, man. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, like I always say, like music is about everything. Like sometimes, like I you talk to somebody and it'll be about you have a conversation with a musician. Sometimes it'd be about everything except the music. But that's because that's what's supposed to inspire you. You know what I'm saying? I don't always listen to music a lot, like other people's music when I'm in the midst of creating my own. But I take the experiences that I gather outside of um, music and then I bring that into my music. So, but yeah, man, like, thanks for having me. Like, this has honestly been amazing. Like, I love having these conversations, so. Oh man, you no, know, it's Arnold's all mine, bro. For real, for real, dog. Arnold's all mine. And what I always like to do, um, before we always shut down, is I always want to uh, give you the space and opportunity to give out your contact information or anything that you're working on, or how people can contact you, or in case they want to work with you, or get some trade information like you kind of put out earlier. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, go, I want to go ahead and give you that kind of space and opportunity to go ahead and just, you know, give your information out there. So, tell people how they can contact you. Yeah, man. So again, my name is K Cutter. Full K Cutter Music, um, based out of St. Louis, based out of Kansas City. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, both are the same at K Cutter Music. That's K K U D D A M U Z I C. Right now, I have an album out on Apple Music and all other platforms. Uh, Astro Musical Volume Two. Shout out to Taylor the Mirror for the artwork. Um, beautiful music on there. Beautiful artists on there. I'm also working on a beat tape as we speak right now. So be on the lookout for that and follow the SoundCloud, which is also the same name, K-Cutter Music, just with spaces. All right, bro. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. And do you have any final words for the good people out there? Man, stay safe out here. Please drink water. Um, please meditate. You know what I'm saying? 
learn something every day. Utilize YouTube while you still can because I'll be feeling like they're going to take it away, all the knowledge on there. <laughs> man. man. <laughs> but, and yeah, man, just be safe out here. Appreciate y'all. Hell yeah, bro. Definitely appreciate you, man. Definitely, definitely appreciate you. And, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that's been another dope-ass episode of Fruit of the Boom Podcast. Uh, about to go ahead and shut it down, but uh, again, if you want to go ahead and find the show, definitely make sure you find us on all forms of social media at Fruit Boom Pod, F-R-U-I-T-B-O-O-M-P-O-D. That's on all forms of social media. Uh, you can also catch us on, you know, every podcast platform from uh, Spotify to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, uh, tune in. Like we are like all your favorite podcasts, syndication stuff that you listen to. Anything you listen to on podcasts, I'm out here. Just listen to on Fruit of the Boom podcast. Type that in the whole thing. We should come right up. You'll see the logo. And also, uh, just make sure you check us out next episode. And also just make sure you tune tune in to Fresh Produce every Wednesday as of right now online at 8 p.m. Central Time on Facebook Live. And that's when we do our beat battles so everything goes back to normal. And until then, signing off. I'll let y'all. Peace.